Hey friends and listeners, are you struggling to figure out your macros? If you are, you are not alone. One of the most common questions I get from clients is, Hey Coach B, how do I calculate my macros? I've helped thousands of people achieve their health and fitness goals over the years, and I realize there's another way I can help, and that's by teaching you how to accurately calculate your macros. I've created Master Your Macros as a self-paced online course where you will learn how to accurately calculate your macros to achieve your goals without giving up any of your favorite foods. Here's what you're going to learn from Master Your Macros. You're going to get the tools you need for success. You're going to learn how to set your goals and achieve them. You're going to learn all about macros and micronutrient basics. You're going to learn how to correctly calculate and adjust your macros and so much more. Whether you're trying to lose, gain, or maintain your weight, this course is for you. You'll learn how to apply this information for the rest of your life so no matter what your goals are, you can successfully achieve them. You don't need to have any previous knowledge about nutrition or macros because I've got you covered. You're going to learn everything you need from the basics to how to tweak your nutrition to meet your different goals. Master Your Macros opens April 27th and you can click the link in the show notes to get more information. Hello everyone and welcome to More Than Macros Radio. I'm your host, Coach B. Let's talk about how I can help you figure your shit out when it comes to all the BS and the trends in the nutrition and fitness industry. I am a nutrition coach that understands the hurdles that women face every day as I too am a wife and a mother, which is why a sustainable lifestyle can't just consist of tracking your macros. Join me each week as I, or sometimes we, talk about everything from health, wellness, nutrition, mindset, body, and fitness. The goal of this podcast is to have you think more about your habits and behaviors, your relationship with food, and for you to get really curious about where you are right now and where you want to be. If you've been struggling with your health and wellness and achieving your goals, you cannot afford to miss out on this podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to More Than Macros Radio. I'm your host, Coach B, and today I have a special guest, um, Marcy. So Marcy and I met through HMCC. She's another amazing coach that, I was, that I've had the privilege of meeting and continuing to be an Instagram um, fan and friend, because I know that actually the first time I actually met you was through your infographics. And I, and I know you and I've talked a little bit about that before, but you've also been a speaker in um, a couple of my group coaching programs. And I just think that you're another great coach that's in the space. So Marcy, I'm going to give you the floor. If you want to introduce yourself a little bit more, tell us a little bit about who you are, who you help. And then we're going to dive into some, a couple of really good topics that I think you and I can both really have a great conversation over. Amazing. Well, thank you for the very kind introduction. I appreciate it. And I'm so excited to be here because yeah, we've known each other now for almost two years. Has it really been that long? Gosh, time flies. It's crazy. So yeah, started in HMCC and I'm just really grateful that we've connected because you have become a dear friend and I really appreciate just your education that you provide, but also the insight that, you know, you and I, have together when we talk about, you know, business and clients and the mind, like the mindset stuff, right? Because, you know, that really is everything, whether you're on a fitness journey or an entrepreneurial journey, that's what it all comes back to. So having that support of people who are doing it alongside you is really nice. And yeah, I just want to say that I'm grateful for you and happy to be here. So I am Marcy. I am a 
nutrition, fitness mindset. Like I really, at this point, like to call myself a life coach. Right, <laughs> I know. know that's really what it is. Right. Yeah. And I always say you, you give people what they want and on the back end, you give them what they need, which is the mind, the mindset work. So yeah, I've been doing that for gosh, five five years now online. And before that I was an in-person trainer. So this was not my desired outcome, so to speak. So not that it wasn't my desired outcome, but it wasn't the trajectory that I thought I was going to be on coming out of college. So I got a degree in journalism thinking that I wanted to write for the fitness magazines, the same fitness magazines that totally screwed me over, by the way. (laughs) Isn't that the truth, man? Oh, hindsight's 2020. And I was going through the program and realized along the way, you know what? I just don't think this is what I want to do. I don't want to be sitting at a desk. I don't want to be on deadlines and working for somebody else. So I decided that when I graduated, I was going to try and go into outside sales, but I still had such a passion for health and fitness. And my junior year of college, I did get my personal training certification, just thinking, oh, this is something that I can do while I'm still in school or if I'm in between jobs or if I have kids one day and I don't want to work full time, like I can always fall back on that. So, you know, I'm grateful that I ended up doing that because little did I know a couple of years later, I would actually have to do something with it because I did end up going into outside sales right out of college for, I think, two, two and a half years. And it was just not my thing. So I ended up getting fired from my second sales job and was like, well, I got to figure something out. So luckily I had my training certification and my brother actually had, he had started working with an in-person coach at a small private gym. And he's like, oh, and you should reach out to my trainer. He's looking to hire people. And I'm like, I really don't want to do that. Actually, this was before I got hired um, in outside sales. So I went and interviewed with him and I was like, no, this is not what I want to do. Like, I want to make a lot of money. I want to be, you know, high powered and whatnot. Uh, And then I kind of like came back a couple of years later with my tail between my legs. It was like, still have that job available. (laughs) So, and, and really thinking it was just going to be a transition type thing until I figured out what I really wanted to do. And yeah, uh, 12 years later, I was still doing it up until the pandemic when my gym shut down overnight without warning. Thankfully I had started building the online business at that point. So I had some clients, uh, it definitely wasn't full time, but I mean, I'm just grateful that, I mean, that was 2020. I had started putting out content, like the infographics in 2017. So I, I had an audience, I had been working with business coaches. So it's not like I was just completely starting from scratch. So it's crazy. Like I, you know, I have to say that the one reason, because I remember where I was in that space, like I remember doing all the infographics or starting doing them because I saw yours and, and Carter good. Like I was just like, man. And then Jordan Syatt, like, I'm thinking, this is what I have to do to be an online presence. Right. So, but it wasn't even about the infographics. It's actually the information you were providing. It wasn't, you had to be some part of this, like click of like, Oh, you're the, you, you're a graphic designer. Now it really was information that was basic easy to see, worked well with Instagram because people were looking at pictures and then reading the captions. And I really think that's why a lot of people not only um, resonated with some of mine, but for, for sure, for sure. Like I must've had, um, 
I don't even know if we could save them back then, but now that we can, like there's, that's what I do. I save a lot of valuable information that comes from like coaches from um, like yourself. And you continue to still do that. I still see great infographics coming out of your, your Instagram and you provide such a tremendous amount of knowledge, which is why I thought not only are we good friends, but you and I've gone through a few things together in terms of like extreme dieting. So we didn't actively die together, but you've had your approach and, and where you were with your physique, your before and after basically uh, that journey, as well as myself through bodybuilding. And I thought we could maybe talk a little bit about that in terms of like the cost of getting lean. And then you had a really good post that came out and, and talking about like asking those questions of like whether or not you are ready to die. We need to talk about this now because summer is coming. We already see the marketing. So in terms of like your, you know, if you were to, to give a quick synopsis of what happened to you when you did some of your dieting, what do you believe um, or what did you see as the cost of getting lean for yourself? And where did that leave you? And how does that, I guess, how does that now uh, sit within your own coaching business and how you coach um, other people? Sure. Amazing question. So like I was saying earlier, when I was kind of making fun of the fitness magazines, I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. So I was literally just following the plans that were outlined. So not so much the training protocols, but definitely the cardio. So what I didn't realize was it was essentially a competition prep, what they had in those magazines, yeah. right? So early morning cardio, and then go back in the evening and lift weights, maybe do some more cardio after that. And then a very calorie restrictive diet. So I don't want to say no carb, but definitely low carbs. I feel like at that time, the only carbs I was really eating aside from vegetables, because I was terrified of fruit, uh, right. was, oh yeah, it was oatmeal. Um, and I yeah. was that, like, so, you know, back up a little bit when I was in high school, I did Weight Watchers and I'm sure that kind of screwed my metabolism up to begin with, but I did lose some weight. And then I really had no nutritional knowledge after that going through high school until my senior year, when I took a class, it was a sports medicine class. And one of the semesters, we read the book body for life. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar? You've got to know oh, yes. that. He's from yeah. Canada, right? Bill Phillips. Yeah. 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 So Bill Phillips wrote this book, Body for Life, and it was kind of the start of the clean eating trend. So what this book was, for those who are not familiar, and it wasn't terrible, but, you know, six small meals a day. And I guess the good thing about it is the meals were a little bit more balanced. So at least it had carbs in it. So protein, starch, vegetable, and then between those meals, you would have a shake. And it was really just a way for him to sell us up from us. The shakes were delicious. Like I they wish were. those were still, they were double the, the cappuccino or like some coffee flavor. Oh, wow. They were so thick and so they yummy. So thick. Yes. I miss those. Gosh, now I'm, now I'm craving one. You can't get them anymore. So anyway, um, I started doing that. I started following his workout program, which was you alternated. It was six days a week. You alternated lifting weights with high intensity interval training. So I was doing that, seeing some pretty good progress. And then when I got to college is when shit kind of hit the fan. So wasn't following that anymore, but was following the advice in the fitness magazines and, and definitely gave me some disordered thoughts around food and exercise as well. So I think I graduated high school, at like 108 pounds. And I would say 
the joke is kind of, you know, most people go to college and they lose the, or they gain the freshman 15. I lost it. So I ended up probably being like 95, 97 pounds if I had to guess. Um, and yeah, I was very, very thin and I didn't see a problem with it. I was like, wow, this is the leanest I've ever been because previously like growing up, I struggled with my weight. You know, I started exercising when I was 12 years old, was on the cabbage soup diet, was doing Weight Watchers, all of that. So it was kind of like this sense of control. Like, wow, like I've, I figured it out. Like I've unlocked the key to my success and me feeling good in my body. And like, for once I can not worry about our clothes going to fit me because in high school or middle school, really, yeah, I have vivid memories of being in the wet seal um, dressing room, like crying because I could barely fit into the largest size shorts. And now here I am wearing like a double zero. (laughs) So I think that like that, you know, success air quotes, not really successful, um, in the grand scheme of things, but that was very validating and felt really good. So it just, it encouraged me to keep going with what I now know were very disordered eating habits. So yeah, very low carb. I mean, I was living on protein, vegetables, and all of the sugar-free fake stuff. So I can't believe it's not butter, sugar-free jello, two packs of gum a day, just to like, you know, curb my cravings, tons of diet, Coke, Splenda, coffee. I mean, you name it. It was just this chemical and caffeinated shitstorm. Um, and what I didn't know at the time is I think it was really impacting my gut health. So not only was I not fueling my body properly with nutrients and enough food to build muscle, um, but I think I was doing a lot of damage on the inside. And then that coincided with tons of exercise, you know, being in college, just stressed out, not sleeping, drinking probably two or three nights a week. So looking back, I think that I, I did do damage to my gut health because my junior year of high school, or excuse me, of college, I woke up one day covered in these red spots, which ended up being psoriasis, which is an autoimmune disease. You know, we know that autoimmunity is linked to poor gut health. So, and I mean, I have the genetic predisposition, but genetics loads the gun, environment pulls the trigger. And I, what I was doing was a recipe for disaster. So got diagnosed with that junior year. That was devastating, but I didn't know at the time, like I wasn't making the connection. And then a year later I was on the step mill, just like I had been every morning for the past, you know, three years or so. And all of a sudden my chest got really tight and I couldn't breathe. I was like, what is going on here? It was so scary. So I was living with that for a couple of weeks, finally went to urgent care and they're like, yeah, you're stressed out. You're about to graduate from college. You know, it's normal. Here's a pill, take it. So I took the pill, didn't do anything. It was like a sedative, um, yep. was still having the, the problems. Finally, I, you know, I moved back home, started to work and was beginning to go to the doctors to figure out what was going on with me. And I went, I did tons of testing. No one could figure it out. Oh, you're fine. It's all in your head. And then finally I went to a gastroenterologist who did an endoscopy and he's like, yeah, you have like horrible acid reflux. Like that's why you have that chest tightness. Um, and from there, like my health just kind of started to deteriorate. So I went through most of my twenties into my early thirties in doctor's offices, you know, getting every test in the book run still with like, I don't want to say no answers. I mean, yes, autoimmunity, poor gut health, adrenal issues. Um, I got diagnosed with Lyme disease, chronic Epstein-Barr virus. 
So it was, it was a lot. Um, and fortunately, you know, in 2019, I found my now coach who really did help to turn a lot of that around, mm -hmm. but we're still digging myself out of that hole. You know, I still have hormonal imbalances and gut health issues that I'm having to address. You know, and this is the thing, right? Like, so, you know, at the end of the day, like you mentioned, like you validated yourself and where you were in your progress because you were in a double zero and you were feeling great in that respect, right? Because of how we look on the outside, but, and I'm there with you, Marcy, like I ignored a lot of um, symptoms of what was, you know, my, like it was contest prep, but at the end of the day, it was still they, we, these were all signals that this was extreme dieting and it was, it was obviously impacting my, my metabolism, but also my overall health and well-being. And it's interesting of, you know, like that is the, those are two separate scenarios, but equally very similar in, you know, the results of what extreme dieting can do for you and what those costs of getting lean are. Right. And we shut those off and ignore them because of how we want to validate ourselves in and how we look, but you said it, and I can see it too. I was never my happiest when I had a six pack, mm -mm. I was the most miserable human being. I was irritated. I was, I didn't have my period. I was, um, dizzy, lightheaded. I lived in the gym. I told people, no, like there were so many things I wasn't doing just to live my life. So when we come into this, you know, as, as coaches, when we're in this, this space and we're trying to help and I, and I help more women than anybody else. Right. So, but when I'm trying to help them understand is like, it's okay to want to lose body fat. It's okay to want to change. It's okay that you're not quote unquote happy with how you look. I cool. I'm cool with that, but let's find a better way to do this because the extreme approaches, whether you want to admit it or not, I mean, are you not you know, like when you ask the client, are you not wanting to optimize your health by losing body fat, but yet you're willing to do all these things that are so extreme, which are actually negatively impacting your overall health and well-being? You know, so like I can relate. I had gut health issues as well. It took me a very long time for me to understand that, you know, eating a certain way, specific foods, all and I'm not gonna call well, I mean, everything's got a chemical, but I would say for sure I was eating a lot of like the healthified ingredients for everything that didn't have a calorie. Um, I was, a, I was, I'm pretty sure I probably paid the bills for Walden farms. Um, <laughs> it was ridiculous. And, and some of the stuff would make me want to hurl, but yet I would still do it because, Hey, I needed to get lean. Right. Yeah. But when you think about all those things that we do, like I, I, and my gut was, was like in a mess. My, my brain was in a mess because I was like, I just, it's just so hard because you want to look a certain way. And for me, it was contest. So it drove me to it. But at the end of the day, when do we stop? When do we realize that these protocols, so no carbs, no fat, um, only protein, um, meat only, like there's some, and whatever to each their own. If they work, they work, but they 90% of the time only work in a moment. Right. In a yeah. moment in time, and we don't understand the ramifications after, uh, after the fact we're either gaining weight, we've got gut health issues. We actually have poor relation with food and our bodies. Like there's just so many costs that happen, but we do know this when we are dieting, we're going to be hungry. Mm -hmm. And we know that there are going to be some metabolic adaptations. There's downregulation. That's all part of dieting. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that to me is not, oh my God, like we're not breaking our metabolisms, but the chronic dieting and stuff like that can lead to such a shitty relationship with food and your body that it leaves you in that rabbit hole. It's hard to get out of. Right. Yeah. So that'll be said, we got summer coming. Mm. And so what are your thoughts on that? Like, I know you, you had a really good post about 
asking some questions about whether or not you're you're ready to die. And I always like to phrase it this way, and you can definitely tell me how you feel about this, but I, I look at it this way. If you want to diet, that's that's cool. It's understanding where you are right now, where you've been, and where you want to go. I think mm-hmm. that's what it needs to be. However, everyone has a different take on that. So I'd like to hear, you know, because you wrote the post and stuff like that. And I there's a lot of things in there that are just they're they're gems, they're golden. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Um, and and I think that it's it's stuff we need to talk about because get shred season's happening. We see the marketing already. It's only April. And I'm telling you right now, like I I want to try and educate as many people as possible. Like, yeah, we can get ready for the beach or whatever you want to call it. The one thing I would always say is like, why do we have to get ready for anything? Why don't we just be consistent? throughout the entire mm-hmm. year and you would never have to air quotes get ready right you know what I mean? um but right. what are your thoughts like what do you what do you how do you define like or what what are the things that you suggest when you have somebody approach you and say well I want to it's uh, I'm getting married or I bikini season's coming up and I want to lose body fat well I think it depends on where the person is so if that individual has been at maintenance, they've been maybe in a a slight surplus just because of their lack of consistency. And they want to start making some progress so that they can feel a little bit better Then I'm not opposed to that. But if someone comes to me and they have been in a deficit for a very long time, uh, or just, you know, under eating in general, then I'm, I'm not going to tell them that like, yeah, let's continue with this because if you're not getting results now, and you're already on very limited calories, you're already doing five, six, God forbid, seven days of exercise per week. I'm sorry, but you have no levers to pull from. So I, in my integrity as a coach with your best interest in mind, when it comes to your health, your mindset, the relationships you have with other people, your ability to be energetic and productive and just like live a vibrant life. I will not allow you to go down to a thousand calories or increase cardio even more. So like, I'm sorry, not going to happen. So it really does depend on the individual, on the situation, but I mean, what is it? April 8th and summer. I mean, everyone says that Memorial day is kind of the start of summer. And let's be honest in California, it was 90 degrees yesterday. So I could have thrown my bikini out and gone to my (laughs) complex pool, you know? Um, so I, I understand there is that desire. There is that sense of urgency. And I think you can make a little bit of progress in six to eight weeks. You know, you lose a couple pounds, maybe you feel better, but if someone believes they're going to lose, you know, 15, 20, however many in that short amount of time, like, I'm sorry, but <laughs> you got another thing coming for you. Well, and that's where those extremes come in. And that's where people like the gen pop, like, and, and I'll, and I'll put this caveat out there. Like if you were someone who said to me, you know, um, you, you completely come to me with all the things you're aware of, like, you know what it's going to mean, you know, the cost, you understand it, but this is what you want. I will do everything in my power to support you the best and healthiest way possible. Um, I will still probably advise you not to do, but that being said, there are specific, you know, um, I guess candidates for extreme and, or mini cuts. I, cause it can happen, but again, you have to be on, you have to be on board to, okay, do the mini cut do a reverse slash into a recovery diet slash maintenance, and then kind of go through some nutritional periodization. But Marcy, you and I both can agree to this. Like most of the women coming to us are not, they don't even know what nutritional periodization means. Mm -hmm. They don't have probably even enough muscle mass to begin understanding, having that foundation to even be in a really good place to, um, 
understand their bodies and diet. Um, but I think that, you know, like for sure, like I think that there's a, a time and a place for a lot of people and we could support it. But again, Gen Pub, we're, we're talking about people who just like losing 30 pounds in six weeks. That's that, that is marketing. That is right. 100% marketing. Sure. Um, do you really go with an extreme approach? In my opinion, maybe you could do it, but at what cost, right? Yes. At, at um, what cost, like we've already been touching on. So just realize that the quicker it comes off, the quicker it comes back on. So I guess that's really the one thing to keep in mind is, is this going to be sustainable? So yeah, maybe I lose a bunch of weight in six weeks, but when I am done with that plan, because let's be honest, no one has the ironclad willpower to white knuckle their way through that type of protocol for the rest of their life. So, you know, six weeks in, eight weeks in, you know, however long you can last, like eventually you're not going to be able to continue. Um, and your body's going to start screaming at you (laughs) and it's going to start downregulating, excuse me, downregulating your metabolism. So then you're probably going to have other issues that go along with that. But yeah, you have to ask yourself, you know, is it worth putting the weight back on when I'm done with this? And because I have compromised my metabolism, I haven't damaged it. I haven't broken it. It's just downregulated and adapted. But if I go back to eating the way that I was before I started this, then the weight's going to come right back on. Well, and the thing is, is that I I think what people have to understand is that when you're looking at like between now and Memorial, so what's Memorial weekend for you guys? What days? It's like late May. Okay. So like our May long weekend is like our Victoria day. So it's, I think it's the second or third week of May, but regardless of that, so you get six weeks, there is not enough time in that six weeks for you to understand what it takes to have a sustainable approach to your long-term result, because that's what it is. If you want to do a short-term result, by all means, that's, what's going to probably help you or, or that, that could help you. It's a stepping stone, but for me and what I say to people is like, listen, like there are so many questions that we have to ask ourselves before we, you know, embark on this journey. However, you have to recognize that the idea behind lifestyle change or even weight loss in general. So that's a transformation is to truly understand, like you and you and I have already mentioned where you are right now, where you've been and where you want to go, where you want to go is all about maintaining and being sustainable. But if you skip the steps between the other, the first two phases of like where you are now and where you've been and understanding that you're not going to learn what habits and behaviors have been holding you back and why you've been a person of yo-yo dying or, you know, gaining weight. Like we can always say, oh yeah, you've been eating too much, but why are you eating too much? Mm. Where, where's that happening? Is it because you've been AKA metabolically adapted for so long, or is it because you have a shitty relationship with food? We can't give you enough information or education in six weeks for you to truly understand how to maintain that after the fact. It's just a stepping stone. So when you, when you have somebody, um, you know, like for me, the first question I always ask is like, um, are you ready to diet? And so I get them thinking and they don't know what that means. They just assume, oh, so I need a meal plan or just track my macros. Like, is that what you're asking me? So for, for you, when you ask that question, are you ready to diet? What are you looking for? Well, I think, do you have a good relationship with yourself? Are you doing it for the right reason? Because like we've been talking about this whole time, you know, a lot of, for most people, it's, they want to diet because they hate where they are right now and they don't like themselves. They don't approve of themselves because of how they look. So they're tying their body 
to their self-worth. And like, if I don't look good enough, then I don't deserve to be in a bathing suit. I don't want to go out to the beach or to the pool and be with my kids and all of that. So, um, you know, that is a very, I don't want to say that's a disordered mindset, but it's a red flag. If someone is only trying to lose weight because they want to fix who they are and they think that that's going to make them happier. So the first thing is you have to develop a really solid relationship with yourself before you can, you know, be in a good mindset to go into a deficit. Um, so you have to be doing it for the right reasons. Like I love and accept myself now. I'm fine as I am, but I want to get a little bit better. And there's nothing wrong with that. I am all for people wanting to improve. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm at the point right now where I have been, you know, reversing or in maintenance for more than two years and I'm uncomfortable. Like, I think, you know, some stress has happened recently and I've been gaining weight out of nowhere and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense given my activity level, my calories, all of that. And, um, yeah, I, I don't love where I am, but I don't like loathe myself for it because I understand that my body does not determine my worth. And I have so much value out of outside of that. So if I did decide and I might that I want to go into a little bit of a mini cut, I know that I'm doing it for the right reasons. You know, this is great. I love that you said that. So, okay. AKA Marcy, you come to me and you say you want, you're ready for a cut and you know that it has, you know, like, yeah, you want to make a change for it because of body composition, you're not comfortable. You also though recognize that that is not your worth, that you are, you just want to just tighten up a little bit loose, you know, and that to me is still like, I feel like there's so much out there right now that says like body acceptance, right. Where you can't change, but I'm just like, but you can, you can change. You can feel better in a smaller body if you want, right. Like everyone is different. And I think that how we interpret people and how they feel about themselves. I think sometimes we just read too much of the body positivity or acceptance that we believe that what they're doing to themselves is harmful by thinking a little bit negative. But at the end of the day, if I said to you, okay, well, what's your relationship with food and your body, you know, how would you respond to that? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it sounds to me like you are quite aware of what, you know, what's been going on and stuff like that. So I think that's, that's a huge component. And I just want to use an example, like, yeah, you, it's not like you hate yourself. You just kind of feel a little bit uncomfortable and yeah, there might be some improvements that you want to make and that's cool. Right. Yeah. Cause th this is not like where I feel comfortable in my own skin, but I've known that if I, and this is why I have a coach because he is the objective reasoning. He will tell yeah. me the truth. Like Vince does not sugarcoat it. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, back in November, I had sent him progress pictures and I was already, you know, 10 plus pounds up from when I ended my fat loss phase with him. And I got very lean and it's, you know, it was a success story. Like I'm not going to get into kind of what happened leading up to that point, but like I had put on weight and I was the heaviest that I, and I did it intentionally. I went to work at a powerlifting gym or work out at a powerlifting yeah. gym. And I was forced to put on close to 20 pounds in almost three months. And I felt like a stranger in my own body, so uncomfortable in my skin, but I had to sit in that while I continued to train there. And then once I left, I knew, all right, my health's not in a good place. So it's not the right time for me to be in a deficit. So I hired Vince, we started to work on my health. And then in 10 weeks, when we addressed a lot of the underlying issues, then he gave me the green light to go into a fat loss phase. But like, you know, I know that he would not have let me do that 
if I, if there were still red flags, right? So it's why having a coach like yourself or myself is so beneficial, right? Or yeah. like, you know, you, you're right. It's at the objective uh, point of view and you want that, right? Yeah. But it's interesting because, you know, Wayne more than I had in, I mean, since probably like middle school, um, I was like, oh, I've got muscle on me now. Like I've been looking so heavy but when I dieted down, I'm like, damn, you're small. <laughs> like, like, yes, I was lean, but I was tiny. And that's not like, that's not necessarily the look that I want for myself. Um, so we started to reverse. We've been, you know, I mean, I say, I thought it was maintenance, but clearly a surplus because I've put on at least 12 pounds since then. I really don't step on the scale anymore. Uh, it's been, I think since November, but when I did send him progress pictures back in November, he looked at them and he was like, I know you're uncomfortable and yeah, we can put you into a mini cut, but you're not going to like what you see when you're done you still don't have enough muscle on you. So it was like, all right, back to the drawing board. And he was supposed to send me a plan. I love the guy, but he's notorious for not giving me my updates. So I was, he, he basically told me like, all right, we're going to go into a building phase. And then I never got my macro. So I just kind of kept doing like what I was. Um, but I feel like even from November up until now, like I have gained some weight, like maybe put on a little bit of muscle. Um, and when he saw pictures in the beginning of March, he's like, oh yeah, you know, you, you look good. You have put on some muscle. And then I went through this very stressful situation, like literally a week later and shit just kind of hit the fan. So uh, I'm not feeling that great right now. And yes, it is very tempting to go back into a deficit because I don't love how I look or feel, but I also had to, I like, I did blood work. And that's the other thing that I put in my post was, is your health in a good spot? Is your thyroid functioning optimally? Is your gut health in check? Um, are your hormones where they need to be? Because if not, then not only are you going to make those issues worse because dieting is a stressor, it is a controlled form of starvation. Your body does not like that. So it will revolt against you. So if you're already going into a deficit, having those issues, then yeah, they're just going to get worse. Um, so I say that, you know, even if, you don't love where you are, but if the, like the writing is on the wall that you still haven't earned the right, then I'm sorry. you got to keep improving your health. I think that at the end of the day, like I look at, I, I, I look at what, you know, what the, the end result is that that person's looking for and kind of reverse engineering that. So, you know, like it's having all the questions. So like, even if you think about like, okay, you know, you want to lose body fat, how do you know you're actually achieving that? Cause we know we need to do be at a calorie deficit. So even the fundamentals of like the things that you had listed, like people need to be understanding that mastering things like meal prep, meal, um, you know, like sleeping, managing your stress, tracking your macros or some form of tracking, whatever that looks like for, for, you know, each individual, um, you'd mentioned too, like you've been going through kind of like that gain phase of like lifting, um, you know, paying attention to physical activity as well. Like you know, we often use the word neat and, and yes, neat is important, but neat is things that we actually can't control, but we like to classify things like walking or physical activity as neat. However, you still need to pay attention to that. Like if you're someone who's sedentary sitting at your desk all freaking day, your exercise activity, like your workout is not the, it's not going to be the dream that everybody thinks it is to, or that path to fat loss. Right. Um, but paying attention to that, like you, you have to understand like your physical activity matters. Um, but I think too, is like the one thing too, is like even having the fundamentals of actually eating food. Like how often do we have clients that come to us who are like one meal a day or 
Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. People can do that. There is such a thing. OMAD mm -hmm. is fine if you can handle it, but most people aren't even eating enough calories for that. Right. right? So, um, but those final metals have to be there because if your outcome goal is fat loss, if you can't manage the basics and you are, like you said, putting yourself into a quote unquote, a little bit of, of starvation, because that's what it is. Restriction is a form of starvation. Mm -hmm. And we're talking restriction in calories, not food choices. Mm -hmm. Then how in the hell do you think you're going to then be successful if you can't even plan your breakfast? <laughs> even if you, you know, like you don't have to have breakfast, but if you can't plan anything around your day, there's no way in hell you're going to be able to even be adhering to that quote unquote calorie deficit. Um, if you are not feeling optimal, like even for myself, if I were to go back when I was dieting for my shows, I mean, that, that scarcity around food and the extreme amount of stress was put on my body with the diet itself, plus exercise, I lost my period. Mm -hmm. That should be a red flag. Most mm -hmm. women that I tell that I, that I went through that, they're like, Oh, must've been nice. Yeah. Okay. Sure. But at the end of the day, and by the time it was done, do you know how horrible I felt? Because not only does estrogen progesterone change, my testosterone levels changed. So mm -hmm. I had no sex drive. I didn't even, I was so irritated by everything around me. I had no body fat to protect me. I couldn't even bathe because my spine would be sticking into the tub. Oh, oh like, all these things are a reality. And yes, the bodybuilding shows are extreme, but how many women come to you saying, I want to look like that girl that has the glutes and the beautiful body she's a bikini athlete. They don't recognize that. They just see her in a bikini and say, wow, okay, well, she does extreme dieting and extreme mm -hmm. training and all these things to get there. Mm -hmm. Not that that's wrong because it's specific for a sport. But again, we look at that and think that's what we need. You know, I want to look like her, but they don't understand all the things. So I guess for me, like it's really is, where are you right now? How do you feel about yourself? Where's your health markers? Um, you know, like, are you in the gym resistance training? Because I don't know about you, Marcy, but when people ask me about they'll, they'll say they want weight loss, but they want to tone up. And I'm like, mm. well, where are yeah. you with lifting then? Because yeah. they don't understand that toning is actually resistance training and gaining muscle mass. Yeah. Um, yeah, you need that foundation because let's be honest, muscle is not only metabolic, but the only way to gain muscle mass is through resistance training, mm -hmm. you know, and if you don't have that foundation, it's, it's more difficult to actually look the, the part because you don't have the muscle mass, but also too, you actually are not as metabolic, mm -hmm. not by a, a tremendous That's amount, yeah. but, but I mean, every little bit helps, but dieting is also somewhat of a catabolic process, right? We, if we're not eating enough protein and stuff, we, we want to preserve muscle mass, but if you don't have much there, that's the thing about dieting too. You're not actually going to be that look that you aspire so, well, yeah, I think that's a really good point because that was another thing that I said in the, the post and you touched on it briefly, you know, having these good habits as a, like not even enough muscle as a foundation, but also good habits as a foundation, because if you are not currently eating enough, especially enough protein, because let's be honest, the majority of women have somewhat of an aversion to protein. They do not enjoy it, whether it's, it's going to make me bulky, or I just don't like the taste of it. I don't like chewing chicken. I love protein. I have to you do, do. I have to, like, I had 170 grams at one point, And when I weighed like 110 pounds and I, 
I never told Vince this, but cause yeah, I, I don't even know why he put me on so much protein. I think it was just to maintain muscle mass and all of that. Um, but I kind of decreased the protein and added that to carbs because my carbs were so low at the end. And, but I easily could have eaten 170. That would have been no problem, but yes, the majority of women have a hard time eating hundred grams. So they're not getting that in, which is the signal that you are sending to your body to preserve muscle mass. So it's like, get that down first, make sure your resistance training, at least I would say three days a week, um, that you're not overdoing the cardio that you are getting your non-exercise movement in that you're sleeping enough. Um, and it's going to make your life a lot easier, but if you aren't doing those things, then yeah, you might lose the weight, but, and I always feel bad when I say this, you're going to be skinny fat. You're just going to be a smaller, softer version of your current self. And that's where a lot of women diet down. They're like, oh, well, I still don't look how I want. Let's just diet some more. And what they don't realize is they don't look how they want because they don't yet have the muscle on their frame to support the look that they desire. Yeah. And I think that too, like just the basics of like understanding the habits and behaviors of, you know, like if you think about like protein, when we're dieting, protein's really beneficial, not only for what you just mentioned with preservation, but it is one of the key factors to keep us um, full. Like we want to be um, satiated. And if you don't have that habit now of eating consistent protein, what are you going to do when those cravings start to show up? Because they will. I mean, when we start dieting, our brain, our body is saying, whoa, we don't need to lose body fat. Like, Mm -hmm. let's be clear here, Marcy. We both know this. No matter what you and I think we want to do for our bodies, our bodies will say, we're good. We're happy. We're homeostasis. Like we're good. This is, you don't need to lose body fat. We don't care that you want to look better on a bikini. Mm -hmm. And that being said, there's going to be a lot of these things that it fights back. And we know that those are the adaptations. So hunger is going to be a real thing. We mistaken a lot of hunger for cravings and stuff. And maybe that's the habit behavior too, of, of not eating enough, but also to using food as a coping mechanism and yada, yada, yada. Right. So if you're not eating enough protein and if you don't even like vegetables, good luck in your Mm -hmm. final loss phase, because it's Mm -hmm. going to be that much more difficult to actually adhere. Mm -hmm. So Marcy's post, it's so it's, it's practical shit. Like it really is like, this is not this is not like rocket science. This is actual stuff that matters for everyday life. And like you said, in the very beginning, you feel like a life coach because this shit applies for so many things. If you eat better, more consistently, uh, get better sleep, like you are going to be a healthier human. You're going to optimize your mindset, your body and your fitness levels. Point blank and simple. Yeah. There's one other thing that I thought we can touch on before, because I know we're running close to short on time. I like to ask the question of, is it a right time to diet? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that question? And what does that mean to you as a coach? Yeah. So season of life are, we're always going to be busy. I hate that word, but for lack of a better word, one. So it's never going to always be the right time because something's going to come up. Things are going to be stressful. Life is chaotic. It is what it is. So a lot of times people will sometimes come to me like, oh, well, maybe I'll do it in a couple months when things slow down. It's like, eh, probably not going to slow down, right? So stop lying to yourself. But there definitely are busier seasons than normal. So like, again, I'll use myself as an example, just because it's at the forefront of my mind and literally like what I am going through right now. So yes, I have my own coaching business, which is pretty much full-time. I'm still creating content. I am still training hard four days a week. 
And I also took on two additional responsibilities with the company Nutrition Dynamic, my, my coach's company. So I do sales for them. I also took on another role. So I have essentially three jobs that I am trying to manage and it has been very overwhelming. So I work seven days a week, all day long. You know, I am incredibly stressed out. And I, you know, I did say like, I want to go into a fat loss phase right now. I feel like I could do it because my habits are so dialed in because I am highly motivated and disciplined and all those things that you hear. But for the majority of people, a situation like that, I think would completely backfire. So are you in transition? Are you moving? Did you just have a baby? Is work really stressful? Um, like, do you just have more on your plate than you normally do? Um, some of my clients have been caring for sick parents, you know, so there's just more on their plate than there normally is. And that's something that you have to be honest about. Is this just going to be, because not even, is it going to be, it is another stressor because your body doesn't care if you're shredded or that you want a six pack It is built for survival. So it's, you got to like, think about the stress bucket and you're constantly just adding to that and dieting and even training is a stressor as well. So, well, and if you think about just, you know, and, and hearing you, it can, it just listening to that can, it sounds overwhelming to me. So you have to think like, I, I, I agree with you. Like you're, if you're an individual who, cause I work pretty, I'm high functioning person in terms of like, if you put, if you gave me a deadline, like I've said this to people, like if, if I was told tomorrow I have to diet, I could do it because mm -hmm. of my habits, behaviors, my, and my ability to understand how to diet, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so structured and I will do whatever it takes. If I have to wake up 20 minutes early, I will do it. Like that's how I'm built. That's who I am. Those are my mm -hmm. characteristics. That Those are the things. But then when you have the person who wants to go into a fat loss phase, but they are like overwhelmed. What I don't think people understand is how much of that bandwidth does impact what is happening throughout the day. So we have our bodies, um, you know, energy stores, and then we have our brain and the cognitive load. I'm not talking about the glycogen that's there for fuel. I'm talking about your cognitive ability. So if you're not getting enough sleep because you're overwhelmed and you can't fall asleep because of all those stress in your life, if you have to make 5,000 decisions a day, and one of those decisions is to eat and mm -hmm. to prep your meal and blah, blah, blah. Think about what you're going to do to shift to like, where are you setting your priorities? And what I see with clients is that they will not prioritize the meal prep, the, the dialing it in. They will just be like, fuck it. I'll just, I'll just grab whatever. Yeah, but when you keep, yeah, but when you keep grabbing whatever or not doing the thing that you intended to do, then you're not going to follow through with what you want and, and weight loss. It's not that it won't happen. It's just going to be that much longer of a process. So, you know, figuring out like, okay, so where are my stressors coming from and what can I, you know, and I'm going to steal this from Karen, you know, what can I delete, delegate or delay in my mm -hmm. life to ensure that if this is the phase that I'm choosing right now, I have to be willing to shift. And mm -hmm. I don't like to use the word sacrifice, but it's true. You have to make a decision and it's more of like setting priorities than it is everything else. So it sounds like to me, Marcy, that if you did choose, you are willing to make some other decisions for it to happen. And you are prioritizing the habits, behaviors, the things that you know, that will put you through that journey versus fuck my work and like, you know, my, my, my kids or my dog, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. And I think that people have to recognize that, that as much as well, let's use summer as an example. 
as much as summer is amazing and you want to be dialed in, I would be dialing in now because summer is barbecues, friends, environment, traveling, all these things you can't directly control. And that makes it that much harder. So why put yourself through that? Why not try and execute it when it's a more reasonable time of, of your life? Like your Well, and that's life. the other thing we were talking about mindset and how your mind needs to be in the right place. And I was coming at it from the place of you love and accept yourself. Now you're not trying to do anything super restrictive and extreme because, you know, you have such a sense of urgency to look a certain way and yeah, feel like you're worthy enough to get in the bikini or whatever. But the other mindset component is exactly what you were saluting to when it comes to the, the lack of control and everything that you are going to be exposed to. So every single client that I've ever worked with has a black and white, all or nothing mentality. So, you know, if I go to the barbecue and I eat the hot dog and a piece of cake, well, I already blew it. Even if I'm tracking my macros, like they somehow still associate, like those are bad foods. So now I've gotten off track and well, it's Saturday. So may as well just keep going the rest of the weekend. I'll get back on track on Monday. So really making sure that you have, I mean, as much as possible eliminated or are very much working on letting go of that all or nothing mindset. So that when you do slip up, you know, it doesn't just snowball into even more days, which now erases your consistency. Um, and that you have a really good relationship with food, that food is not your only coping mechanism or the way that you relieve stress, because for many people it is. Uh, and, you know, if you are in a fat loss phase, you know, I think your, um, your self-regulation will definitely go down. And I know you had a conversation with this about, or with Karen about this recently on the podcast, like, yep. you know, food is fuel for your brain and that helps you with your decision-making that helps you self-regulate. So yeah, like in a dieting phase, that probably is going to go down a little bit. It doesn't matter, you know, that you're fitting in all of your favorite foods that you, you know, have some structure and whatnot, like it is going to be more challenging. So if right now food, alcohol is your only source of stress relief, if you have the black or white mindset, then you're making it a lot harder on yourself. Well, I think about it this way, and I don't know what science is out there because I don't study metabolism, but I look at it this way or physiology is like, if you put yourself into some sort of sacrifice with food, like, so that you're going to eat less and you're going to move more because you think that's what you need to do. I don't understand how people can honestly think that their brain now or their body theory, like, I mean, your entire entirety is willing to do all the things that you're asking it to it's going to want to make life easier for itself by you know saying you know like it's like the person on your shoulder saying no you don't need to you don't need to do that don't plan don't plan it's just easier to to go and pick it up at the drive-thru you know what I mean like I don't like we are asking ourselves to do so much in these phases because we want to look a certain way that I really wish people would just kind of open their mind maybe zoom out a little bit more and realize what they're actually asking their bodies to do because here's the one that I here's where I'm at and I'm, I'm not too sure if you're anywhere in this space yet but I'm 47 years old now where I'm starting to realize and I and I feel like I'm very young um, I always tell my, my my daughters always say that I don't look my age and great I don't even know what 47 looks like I just remember my mom looking older and feeling older yeah. but my goal now in life is to maintain and actually, I, I guess it sounds wrong when I say this, I want to maintain 
but I don't want to lose muscle mass. So that's why I say maintain. So my, my, my goal moving forward would be, would be to preserve muscle mass and for longevity, mm-hmm. right. And get through the change of life. That's probably going to happen in the next five, five to 10 years of my life. Right. So yeah. I think like we can diet, 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 but eventually all of us, males, females, doesn't matter. We are going to go through this aging process. And I would far sooner start to help people understand, like you can diet, you can do all these things, but realize that eventually you're going to get to a place where you, you have to make, start making some, some decisions for your longevity. And we want to start building some of those habits, behaviors. We want to start, you know, having a more of an understanding of, like I said, where we are, where we've been and where we want to go. And I think that's part of the entire thing of like, just having that basic understanding that you're asking your body to do some pretty tricky shit that you think is just easy, black or white, go keto, you know, like just 1200 calories, but it's not that simple process. The more I'm starting to understand metabolism, the more I start, you know, behaviors, like working with Karn was one of the best things I've ever done for myself. I know that of mm-hmm. my own behaviors. Can you imagine what the gen pub who doesn't have that education, like what they're going through? And then they're still asking their, themselves or telling themselves, I have to lose weight. I got to get down hundred pounds. I got to do this. And it's just like, you are not in a great place to do that though. Right. You're still trying to tear your body down and to look a certain way. And like I said, in the very beginning, you can do all that if you want, but I just feel like we need to be a little bit more aware of where we are Yeah, that we can do it. Right. It's crazy. Right. Like when I think back and I don't know how you feel, but when I think back to the shit I put myself through from the time I was like the fat kid in the playground to where I'm now, I can honestly say I am the happiest that I've been. Um, We just talked about this in HMCC where Casey was alluding to her feeling like she's in a good place of like not wanting to lose or gain, like she's actually in a maintenance or accepting. And I had said, I'm, I'm there, I'm accepting. What I don't want to do is lose muscle mass. Mm -hmm. That's a real, very, uh, that's a real thing for anyone, you know, age 45 and up where we have to fight against that as, as a natural aging process. But I, I, I feel like, and I, maybe this is a good way we can end the segment is like, when I look back to all the shit that I've done to my body, it's a lesson, huge lesson. Like it's so many lessons actually. Yeah. I'm grateful for, and it's why I'm the coach I am now and where I'm at, but, and maybe if had I not gone through all that, I may, I wouldn't be where I'm at, but oh, at the end sure. of the day, man, like I, I, and I say this on this podcast and I say this all the time. It's like, I never want to die again, but I don't say to anybody, like, I would never say to you, well, don't do it. Like that's bullshit. I'm just happy that I've gone through that ringer to then bring myself up to a place where, wow, I can maintain this and learning that it really was about so much more than just calories and calories, calories in calories out. It's Mm because it is more, it's so much more. What are your final thoughts? No, I agree with that hundred percent. And you're right. Like I, we know what I will look back sometimes and be like, Oh, I wish I didn't do all of that. And I would be so much further along. I wouldn't have all these health issues. I wouldn't have to put my goals on hold to undo everything that I had done previously. And then now I sometimes say, you know, I'm, I won't say like, yeah, well, yeah, I guess grateful for everything that I have gone through because it allows me to be such a better coach. It allows me to, because who knows, like maybe I would be the one peddling all of those quick fixes right now. If I hadn't kind of hit rock bottom, you know, yeah, I agree um, with you. I think it's allowed me to not only help myself, but now lead other people down the right path. 
Yeah. And you know what, the best part about where we're, I think where we are at, at this stage, and especially from where, like, cause I started online about 2012 ish, but I'd been a personal trainer like you, like I, I was in the gym way, way before that. Um, I've just seen how every year moving forward, everything, things are evolving. Like, you know, I, I came into the online space at the same time that Lane Norton was just starting to talk about flexible dieting. And I didn't believe him. I thought that guy is full of bullshit. Like you can't eat pop tarts. You can't just have anything like everything he was saying, like to me was just like, it didn't make sense because that is not what I was brought up in. I was brought up in bro science. Don't have fruit. Don't have this such a shitty relationship with food, like everything. Right. And then to see that evolve to even to where like reverse dieting, that's cool. Like that was a couple of years later. I'm like, I'm going to try that. And that is fundamentally the best thing that I've ever done for myself. If I were to say that, and I say this a lot is like, I'm where I'm at now because I did like you have been doing, I did the work to build things back up to reverse the processes that I took my body through to get to that lean physique. I am privileged to have gone through that. I acknowledge that. I acknowledge the things I put myself through. However, I took that as the opportunity to now say, fuck this. I am not rebounding. I am not going to put myself through this again. My goal the entire time was to never diet again, but not feel like shit anymore either. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wanted to have a piece of cake and not feel guilty. I wanted to have milk and not think that I was going to break out with acne because I've been told like, oh, it's so inflammatory. You can't have it. Like so many things. And I'm like, I'm Brandy. I'm not everybody out there. Like what works for me? What can I do for me? And sure, the reverse diet kept me leaner, but that was the thing. Like I didn't, I never thought for a second that eating more food was ever going to put me in that place. Cause the last time I ate more food, I was 20 pounds heavier. Yeah. Right? Like it's just, yeah. it's just crazy. So I just look at the industry and where it's at. And I'm so grateful to be part of something that's evolving, but that's it. Like what you and I are talking about today could be wrong next year. Oh, I know. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's the thing as a coach, like, I think one of the, uh, one of the signs of a good coach is to admit when they are wrong and be able to change with the current research. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you. And I think that's where we're at. And I think too, um, you know, looking at the space that we're in is that with what we see in the industry, what we do as coaches, like it's different. We're not just weight loss experts or anything. I don't even, like you said, like you're, you've got this umbrella over top of your head of so many different hats Mm -hmm. that that is what we can do. Like, again, if you want to, if you want weight loss, Marcy can help you. If you want to rebuild your relationship with food, she can help you. We can help you. We can do all of these things. We're not just weight loss. And I mean, and I, and I'll finish with this. I think that everybody can can choose to choose, you know, to dial in and get leaner, but recognize that there probably is more to what's going on than you just needing to lose body fat. Yeah. And if you truly want success in that realm of, I want to be a leaner individual, I don't need to be shredded, but I do want to lose body fat. Then you have to wake up and understand that you are a byproduct of choices you've been making over years. And we just talked about the ones we've been making. Mm-hmm. So At the end of the day, you have to be willing to do the work, the mindset, everything. 
Well, and then that's the other thing too, is don't expect it to be a six week, 12 week transformation. So there is a phrase, I did not come up with it. If it took you X amount of time to walk into the woods, it's going to take you that much time to walk out. And I would say perhaps even longer because it's really easy to just let your fitness go, do whatever you want with your nutrition and gain that weight and, you know, get to that point. So let's say that took however many years, five years. Well, not that it's going to take five years necessarily to like make progress, but it can be a long journey because you're having to build new habits. You're having to shift your mindset. And that can be a very, it's not a linear process. So don't just expect because, you know, all of a sudden you're like, what the hell have I done to myself? I'm ready to change that. It's just going to be this flip of a switch and everything is going to be smooth sailing moving forward. Like, no, it's going to take a lot of work, not only from a like logistical perspective and like what you have to do, but in terms of like really who you have to become the identity shift that has to happen in order for you to get those results. You know, Marcy, it's been amazing. I'm so grateful for you in this space and I'm grateful that we've met and we continue to message each other and encourage each other both in, you know, um, uh, as humans and as coaches. Um, and I really appreciate you and I appreciate you spending some time with us. So where can everybody find you? We'll, we'll tag everything in the notes, but where can everybody find you? So I spend all of my time on Instagram, just Marcy Nevin is my handle. And then I also have a podcast called Decades of Strength that I do with two other women, Katie and Kim. So yes. those are the two places where I hang out the most. Well, it's been great. Thank you so much. And um, I guess we will see everybody on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. And don't forget to tag me at Motivate and Be Fit and follow or subscribe on the podcast app of your choice. And please don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This allows the podcast to grow while helping more people figure their shit out. Chat to you next week.